welcome to This Versus That, Making Wedding Decisions with Kelly McWilliams. This podcast is for you if you're making a wedding decision and want to know what to consider before saying I do to all the things that will make your wedding experience a great one. I'm your host, Kelly McWilliams, and I'm so glad to be a part of your wedding planning journey. In each episode, you can count on me and my expert wedding co-hosts to give you everything it takes to make the best decisions for the wedding that you're dreaming of. There's a very good possibility that when you signed on the dotted line at the venue that you're getting married at, that they gave you a preferred vendors list or a recommended vendors list, or here's just a list of people. Sometimes these lists are great. Sometimes they're terrible. Sometimes there's a mix of both. The thing is, there's that. And while you can just use that, we want to make sure that you know there is a versus with this. And we are pretty positive you already know some of it because you found your venue somehow and that wasn't through their own preferred list. You can search online. You can Google things. You can get recommendations from family and friends. Uh, maybe just one vendor that you've already spoken to, pass it along, or maybe you found it through a wedding website, Instagram, who knows, lots of different places. But in this episode, Jordan and I are going to talk about why you should or should not pay attention to some of these lists that you're given and who you should and should not listen to when it comes to recommending vendors and creative partners for your wedding. Let me go ahead and first tell you about Jordan. Jordan Oliviera Heller is the owner of Suncoast Wedding and Event Leaders, otherwise known as SWELL. SWELL is a professional association increasing the networking and education opportunities for wedding and event professionals in the region with the goal of building a stronger community that directly benefits the client. That's you. Jordan created SWELL after many years in the industry, both as a caterer and in wedding venue sales. Before starting SWELL, His most recent post in the wedding industry was at the John and Mabel Ringling Museum of Art, a world-class museum and a wedding venue. Jordan has seen both sides of this, and that's why I thought it would be really important to have him on with this episode. So let's get right into this because we, we go pretty deep. We really do. And I'm glad. Hi, Jordan. It's so good to see your cute little face. Thanks, Kelly. You too. It's been a while. Uh, what was that? I said it's been a while. It has been a while. Actually, well, not that it's only been long. a month, actually. Yeah. It's been a month. I'm glad we didn't yeah. see each other then. So for yeah. those of you listening, uh, Jordan um, runs Swell, which I mentioned in his intro, which is a like a kind of like a networking thing here for wedding professionals. And but he also um, does lots of other things. I feel like you're on kind of in the midst of so many different things, Jordan. But in relation to our topic, which is whether or not to pick your vendors from preferred vendor lists from your venue or to search for them on your own or maybe hire them based on friend recommend recommendations or even vendor recommendations, um, we're going to talk about all that today. But Jordan, why don't you just give us a little bit of insight into what makes you really good to talk about this subject. And I know why you are, but everybody else wants yeah. to. 
Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I will probably contradict myself like four times during this because I have been on different um, facets of this where I'll have different opinions because I've worked for venues. But that's I've been why a caterer. it's good. Yeah. That's why it's yeah, good. So, so it's, I don't know if I'll leave anyone with a, a definitive answer at the end of this, but there's definitely going to be a lot of, of uh, arguments on both sides. It's like that thing in high school, you have to argue both sides of a yeah, of a, but a that's topic. the whole point. That's a, that's why I called it this versus that. It's not for us to tell you, hey, you're getting married. This is exactly what you should do. This is the decision that you're going to make because it's the best one. No, it's to put all the points out there so they can make the decision. We want you guys to like have everything available to you so that you can weigh out everything. Because don't you find, Jordan, that mo- most often that people don't even know that there's other options available to them that is not always just cut and dry. Totally. They, they, I think, I think um, a lot of couples get one piece of information from the first person they talk to and they, they run with that, not knowing yeah. that there's other options. Yeah. So um, we're because not, especially it's easier sometimes with, to not have to think about the other options, but you'll miss out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we're not trying to convince anyone at any time to do something specifically more so, we want to be able to educate you and let you know what all of your options are. Okay, before I so rudely interrupted you, go ahead and talk about what you know. Yeah, so um, so I started as a, my actually first um, intro into the wedding industry was as a caterer. I bought a catering company with no experience. Uh, I and, didn't know that. Yeah, I had a catering company just for about, uh, I, I worked there as an employee and then took it over uh, after having worked there. So, you know, I got a lot of experience in that side of uh, being a vendor who wants to work at a lot of different venues. So I see where picking, you know, I always wanted to be picked, even if I was on the list or not. I also then went into venue sales and worked for a beach resort and a museum. And so I know the value of having that list and why the list is there. So I, 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 I'll definitely have points on both sides because I've been on both sides. So I I see the value in both of them. Yeah, Um, that's so good. And I have an entirely different perspective coming from a planner's, you know, a planner's perspective where I like to provide the list myself. But, you know, sometimes I am not, I'm not always the first hire. Like the venue may have come first, the photographer may have come, might be the fifth, you know, so I don't yeah. always have the opportunity to, you know, recommend. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. So, yeah. And it's that. confusing. That's the other thing with preferred vendor lists aren't always just for, from venues because planners have their preferred list. Yep. Sometimes even caterers have their preferred list. I mean, yep. people uh, people love recommending each other. So people have just sort of gravitated to making their own list. But then what list do you go from? And I um, think that's, let's go ahead and make that point right now, Jordan, is that I and because I think that's such a, a an important thing to know is that everyone, not everyone, most people do have people they would prefer to work with. That's because they see them working um during their time of execution um and see that they do well at weddings, that they're successful at weddings. One of the biggest takeaways I think is that the people who are recommending, especially in the vendor side, 
are from their perspective in what they see. For example, uh, if you're at a wedding, if you, let's say I'm a photographer. No, no, no. Let's say I'm a cake baker. And I walk into a wedding and I'm dropping up the cake and everything has already been set in the room. I walk in and see, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. This florist did such a great job. And, you know, that's fabulous. The cake, me as a cake baker, I am in there for maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, dropping up that cake and I leave. Have I seen the DJ or band? No. no. <laughs> Have I seen the photographer working? No. Nope. Have I seen the videographer working? Nope. 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 So have I seen how the food came out and how well it was received? Nope. Do I know how much of the cake was eaten and what the favorite parts were? Not until the next day. Yeah. If they ask if that question. All. If yeah. they ask that question, which no one, I will say, I have yet to have a cake artist come to me and say, hey, Cal, how did the cake go over? Never happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Surprising. Surprising. They should do that. Um, so. I think one of the important things that I want to say right off the bat is just that keep in mind when vendors are giving you recommendations that they're the vendors who are actually seeing that things happen from start to finish. Otherwise, what you can take back from it is that they may be recommending people that they know, um, one, maybe through um, networking associations, that could be which is great because then they know they're good people, that they're reputable. Um, they can probably count on them for that kind of thing, but they don't actually know what goes on with the planning process with them. They may not know their price points and they may not, they most likely don't have any idea what happens during the wedding day. And that's just Correct. one key takeaway that I've seen that I want to make sure came up during this episode. You agree, yeah. Jordan? And that's definitely, yeah, 100%. And I think that's definitely why, you know, I think the list of venues and planners are probably, the, you know, the most informed because yeah. they see every aspect of the wedding. Yes. Um, so I, and even sometimes, even coming from a venue point, you know, and, and obviously every venue varies, but I think a planner even knows more because they've worked, if, if there is a planner on, on the wedding, they've worked every step of the way with every vendor uh, where if it's a, a, a venue that has planners come in, the venue might've taken a step back and not, not been there through the whole process. And that's not every venue because obviously some venues are more, more hands-on and uh, it just depends on which venue you're, you're getting married at. Jordan, um, because I haven't been through this process, do you know for, you know, based on venues that you've worked at um, cause you've worked at several um, do all venues come up with their list the same way? Definitely not. Okay. So there are, what are the and, different ones? And it's, it's so varied because also there's, there's two different kinds of lists because there's preferred lists and then there's also required lists, which okay. some, some venues have, you know, at, at the museum that I worked at before it was, we, there were two lists. There was the required list was catering and rentals. Mm -hmm. And then the preferred list was everyone else, planners, photographers. So 
you had to use the required list. There was no other option. If you okay. got married there, you were agreeing to this set of vendors in the catering and rentals end. Okay. Um, and that was because it was a protected space. It was a historic space. Okay. So those were vendors whose their insurance were on file. They agreed to, you know, the rules of the museum. The preferred list for people who, you know, a planner isn't going to, you know, isn't going to be moving furniture or serving food or mm-hmm. you know, lighting things on fire. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <Let's> hope not. <laughs> uh, so so those those uh vendors on the uh required list were just in those categories but then um you know where, where the museum i worked there was there was a process to get on the list you had to work a certain amount of weddings you had mm-hmm. to fill out certain paperwork you had to have recommendations um there was a whole whole process there's other venues who someone walks in the door with a business card um, and says, Hey, I want to be on your list. And if you catch them on the right day, they add you, or if yeah. they're a new venue and they just need, a, you know, the, we recently did an event at a, a, a brand new venue and they added a lot of vendors who attended the event, um, because they're a brand new venue and they've never worked with anyone. Oh, so that's kind of scary. It, probably, it is. It, I mean, it, I, I think it is for the, for the clients. Yes. That's um, what I mean. Well, it could yeah, be for the venue I, as well in the end. Yeah, but it, it'll, I mean, as a new venue, it'll be a learning process. Sure. Um, but the good thing is they got those vendors from my organization. So oh, there so is at least, good. so I, I feel like, you know, and, you know, we don't, I mean, our, our members are not, I don't want to say we're not, they're not vetted, but there's not a, you know, we're an association that you can, that, that anyone in the wedding industry can join. Mm-hmm. But I think that the fact that you are joining an association already says that you're one step ahead of the game. Yes. You're you're reinvesting in your business, you're making connections, you're you're teaching yourself trends and and all the things that we do for our members. So I feel like having that membership is already putting you one step ahead of of the rest of the pack. I agree. So it it's not it's not that they just went on Google and just searched wedding vendors and added them. Um so let me ask you this as someone who has worked at several venues. Is it okay for clients to ask, how do you come up with your list? Or is it really not, or is it looked down upon? I was always fine with it. I mean, I think it depends on on what... Uh, you know, this is the thing with venues is every venue and every venue coordinator, it's a, you know, it's a complete beast from, from, from place to place because everyone has a different mindset and different opinion. Um, I I always think the transparency is the best because, you know, the client needs, needs to know what they're, what they're getting into. And I think um, couples should ask, they should ask what is behind this because there are venues that, profit off of their list. There are venues that, that have, you know, you pay to be on the list or, um, you pay a commission. Um, but there's not, there's, there's actually a really terrible article that, uh, was in the Huffington post about four years ago that was written about this. And it was, I think it was called preferred vendor list and why you should throw them out. And the entire article basically, uh, it's, it's really interesting. The entire article basically accuses venues of all profiting off of their lists and that their lists are a that that it makes it sound like the venue coordinators and the and the venues are all just it that it's like a, a racket 
And mm-hmm. that's not true because I've worked at multiple venues and there are, there are venues that make nothing off of the list. It's just a, a it's a, a resource for couples mm-hmm. who don't want to have to just go on Google and start finding people. It's a resource that says these are people who work here often. These are people who know where to plug in and yeah. know what the sound levels are and know our rules already. And you're not going to get shut down in the middle because, you know, they broke the rules. It's a it's a resource guide for couples. Um, but there definitely are venues that, you know, have a list and you have to pay to be on it. And, you know, whether they have vetted them or not, or it's just writing a check, that's why you have to ask because every single venue is different. And I think it really is an important ask. Um, I do know because I work at so many venues that that is the case, that there are some that require anyone who's on there to write a check for a percentage of the amount that the client is paying the vendor. So like if I were to go in there and have a wedding, they might say, okay, Kel, what was your bill from the, that you gave to the client? You need to write us a check for 20% of that. Dude, in order to wow. stay on our list, those yeah. are venues that I do not work at. <laughs> so, yeah. because I, I just don't find it ethical. And that's, that's my personal opinion. But I understand throughout the country, that's very different. In some places, it is standard operating procedure that it is that way. And you might find, and I, w- I don't know this, that in those instances, the cost is actually lower on the vendor end. So like just be, you know, you know, compared to here, like we're just, you know, it's not, there's very, very few places within Southwest Florida that do this. Um, But um, I think it, depending on where you're at in the country or the world, really, um, that might be very much more of a standard operating procedure. So, yeah, well, that's really good to know. Really good to know. Yeah. And and we had it at the uh, the museum, and it's a it's a state it's a state run museum. But their the catering policy was the caterers would pay a percentage mm-hmm. um, back to to the museum. And the the thing with that is that it was well, they're exclusive it, at that point. Like so, you were exclusive. saying, like that's a required one of the required vendors. So Correct. that makes sense that but, if they're giving them all of that business, you know, like you're one of two people they can choose from. So we're keeping you busy. That that kind of makes sense to me. That doesn't yeah. feel wrong. The the problem that it would that would come up with it is that I there was never a uh, a through line of how that who owed that ten percent. So you oh. know some caterers would build it into their bill and they knew you know, they had to pay this 10% back. Some caterers would put a line item that says 10% venue fee. Got it. And so then the client would say, why am I getting charged? I've already paid for the venue. Why am I getting charged more? And so it's, you know, it's, it's all the, the client has to look at the fine print and see Mm -hmm. who owes what and, and know that because, you know, you don't want to get you're budgeting. You don't want to get hit with those extra fees that you're not expecting. Yes. Yes. And, and so I it's, think that's it's where it's fair for yeah, transparency. It, yeah. Exactly. Transparency is such a good word. Such a good word. Um what up um what else about preferred vendors lists do you um think well let's talk about what's good about them. 
Let's I, because I think there's a lot of pros to yeah. preferred vendor, vendor list, and not just from well, do you should we separate it from venues to like vendors? Do you think? Do you think there's enough to talk oh. about them separately? No, I think they're 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 pretty similar. Okay. Um, I mean, I think the the majority of couples will get get the list from the venue. That's usually unless they've booked a planner, bef- you know. And it's I think it's pretty rare that you get a client who books a planner before the the venue. I mean, it's not unheard of. Yeah, it used to be that way a long time ago. Yeah. You know, I've been at this 19 years. I would say the first probably the first 10 years I would get hired before the venue even, but that's gone. That's you know what the difference is? The internet, social media. I think that yeah. really made it, a, that was a game changer because people could do so much research now on their own before, like for a venue, before reaching out to us. Correct. Which in the yeah, end, I, mean, I think Just Instagram is, alone. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Geotagging is so important. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're they're finding their venues first. So the venue is kind of always sits at the top of the, the food chain in that aspect. Because they're, you know, they're giving their list out first. Right. And that's typically how they would find then a planner. It, you know, the problem then comes in is how much does the planner's preferred list jive with the the venue's list? And are those vendors the same? Which typically, I think over time, if you're, if you as a planner are working at, at a, a venue, you are, you know, you, if you are working constantly with vendors, they're either going to already be on that list or they'll get onto that list because you've you've brought them there so many times. Right. So I think, I think it, you know, eventually for, if you are hiring a planner who works at, at your venue frequently, those two lists will have a lot of crossover. And when they don't, there's a reason for it. <laughs> Correct. Because I, there's, there's actually quite a few where it's actually the opposite for me. And, um, and I know that's the case with a lot of planners. And it, I think a lot of that, Jordan, is that as from a planner's perspective, we work at so many venues that we know vendors and creative partners that maybe don't work at that venue on a regular basis. But we know as, you know, professionals that they are fantastic. They just haven't maybe had as much opportunity to work at that venue. So Correct. I think um, a wedding planners or a wedding coordinators um, list of recommendations or preferred vendors is going to be much more broad and pr- probably significantly larger. Like, but I'll say, yeah. like, I don't have just like a long list, like 12 pages long of like, here's all my preferred photographers and here's all my preferred KP. I don't have that list. But I know everybody, you know, I mean, we have a list of like all the vendors we've worked with over the last, you know, 10 years. But it's nothing that I would ever send out to someone and say, here, choose from these people, because my job is to narrow it down, you know. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing with, you know, as a planner, you you also know you might have five five uh, cake bakers who you work with all the time. But you'll also know that your client's vision only fits with these two cake bakers. So that's exactly that. And the venue might not take the time to get to know the client that well. So so they can give you a huge long list, but it doesn't mean it's going to go well with your vision for your wedding as a couple because you don't know that you don't you don't know what those specific people do and if it goes with 
your budget, with your style, you know, if you have dietary needs and, yeah. you know, this, this baker is great at doing vegan cakes and this one won't do it. Exactly. That was just where I was going to lead into is that there, th- that's one of the huge benefits to, um, wh- like when you, when you consider your list from your, let's stick with cake bakers. I think it's a really good, um, uh, or cake artist. Um, I feel like they'd like to be called both of those things. Um, okay. Well, and some are just bakers and some are really baker artists, of course. Correct. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> depending on what type of cake you're doing, it's a. Exactly. Know. But what the venue list is going to tell you, if there's a cake baker on there, they're going to tell you by saying that we recommend this person or we prefer this company, that one, they know the venue, two, they always seem to deliver what they're supposed to, three, guests that are there seem to be enjoying the cake like they're not hearing and they would hear you know because they're there you know throughout the evening if the cake really wasn't good like if they're doing their due diligence and asking you know guests throughout the evening how was your dinner or how was your dessert that kind of thing um so they have reason to to have trust and faith and put them on that list it's not they're not going to include the bakers that um, come and ask 40 questions about where to deliver, where do I put this? I'm lost on your property. I'm going to be two hours late. Or the, you know, the banquet manager comes in and sees that um, the cake is lopsided. <laughs> it yeah. falls apart during cutting. They didn't leave a box for the top tier to be taken away. You know, those kinds of things. So I think venues are really pretty good about narrowing it down to at least the people they've been exposed to. And I think that's the only limitation really is that it's the ones that they've been exposed to, but they have gone through the trials of tribulation to say, yeah, these, these meet our criteria for who we would stand behind. And I think there's also, it's not even just the exact vendor. Sometimes it's the, it's the, the type of vendor what I've seen a lot with, um, you know, when people want to go off the preferred vendor list for catering, for example, it's a lot of times it's they want to use a restaurant that they love or a friend who's a caterer. I had a bride once who her father owned a catering company and just was like, I can get this food for free. You have to let me use use my father. And, it, you know, it's those are the instances where we see issues coming up because especially restaurants a restaurant can cook an amazing meal. It doesn't mean they know how to cook for 140 people Yeah, and, and execute that. Well, we, we, we had a, an incident um, with someone who was using a, a third party caterer and it was, you know, they had to, because they had to use the preferred caterers on the list. What mm-hmm. they did was they used a preferred caterer and then subcontracted the food. So the, the, the caterer on the list did the serving but they hired because it was a a um, it was an Indian wedding, so okay. they needed a specific yes. a specific cuisine that was that was specific to their culture. So they hired a friend who had a restaurant in another city about an hour away. Mm-hmm. Well, that caterer or that restaurant got into a car accident on the way with oh, all the food. Oh no! Then got you know. The tow truck switched vehicles. By the time they got there, 
it was, I think, about 9.45 at night <gasps> when the food arrived. Oh. So there was a lot of very drunk, very hungry people. Uh, wow. And it was, you know, it was because it was. It know, was a restaurant. Bring it, it wasn't a catering Yeah, company. it was a restaurant bringing in his car in, in hot boxes from an hour away, which, you know, you never want your food coming from an hour away. I mean, it's never. It's never, you know, ne- and all not all wedding food is cooked on site, but also, you know, mm-hmm. usually you want it coming within the region. Right. And those are things that venues might know. Venues might know, you know, this type of, of you know, a restaurant is not a great caterer just because they're, they can cook food. Yeah. There's situations that they know. So it's not always like that specific vendor is bad, but it's that specific style doesn't work with what we're doing here. Right. And it's not going to serve you well on your wedding day because too many issues can come up when you're coming from an hour away, when you haven't catered for a large amount of people because cooking, you know, cooking a, a, a nice plate of food is really easy when you're cooking for one or three or five people at a table in a restaurant, but to cook, you know, a, a tray of a, you know, 140 pieces of chicken all at once, they all a, have to be plated piece. and set out within a 10 minute time frame for 150 people. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. So, so those, the, I think the, the venue coordinators will have a really good just ear for knowing what will work and what won't just based on, on, uh, and sometimes it's based on their venue because venues vary. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, coming from a catering point of view, I actually, it's it's funny because I wanted to, the museum that I worked at as a caterer, I always wanted to be to work there. It was a a dream to be on their their catering list. Mm-hmm. Once I worked there as a venue coordinator, I realized I would have fallen flat on my face if I ever worked there because really I was yeah. I mean, we were a mom and pop catering company, and that's not to say that that a smaller catering company can't execute there. But I didn't have the experience of working in a, in a museum, you know, in a museum, you don't have a kitchen, you don't have, it's a, you know, it's a pop-up space. So you have to create your own kitchen. You have to rent an oven and put up a tent and it's, you're creating everything from scratch. Unlike some other venues that you might go into that have a full kitchen for you to take over and cook right on site. So I, I realized very quickly that like, I, I, it wouldn't have been a good fit for my company. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that, you know, I was a bad caterer, but, but you as a vendor should know where you work best and where you, you know, and what you're doing and how you, you function well. So even though you might want to work somewhere where the the price point is higher or, you know, the weddings are bigger, it's not always, you know, it it doesn't always serve the client. So that's why finding vendors who are on the list who have worked there already is always a benefit and not finding your, you know, your dad's friend's caterer or your favorite restaurant because they haven't worked there. And at the same time, I, I obviously someone always has to start somewhere. Someone has to be the first, you have to work somewhere for a first time. Sure. But I don't know if on your wedding day is when you want to give someone (laughs) the first shot. And let's, you know, let's hope that that's not someone who would end up on a preferred vendor list. If it's, you know, that they've, that and I and I really think that that's very rarely the case, with the exception of brand new venue, because yes. 
And well, what I'm saying is, is in the in the verses of going off of the list. Oh. This is the off the list. Oh, this is okay. finding, okay. you know, using someone that you know or finding someone who's not on the list who who, and also, you you know, when someone tells you they've worked there but they're not on the list, you have to confirm somehow. Yeah, because I I'm sure there are people out there who might say, oh yeah, I've worked there, and then they're going to try to figure it out on the day of because they want to work there and get on that list. Mm-hmm. So I mean. I think, you know, these days, trust, but verify. Yeah. I think these days that's really easy to, to be able to do because social media one and, um, just show me some of the work that you've done there. Just as simple as exactly. that, you know, like, you know, if you go on to, and, and I will say this, let's go ahead and go on to like researching online. Let's move away from the vendor list. Cause I feel like we did give a lot with that. Yeah. You know. Um oh actually before we do that, Jordan, let's talk about just a little bit longer about vendors giving lists out to clients who aren't planners and are not venues. Because and like like I mentioned earlier that the cake artist or um baker doesn't see all of those other things but still recommends. Please know, guys. That when your vendors or vendors that you're talking to or interviewing are offering you these names, they are so happy to do it because these are people that for that they know that they have either networked with or worked with. So it's not necessarily that those are bad. It's really great that they're offering them. We always encourage that as um, in the wedding industry. Right, Jordan? Like that's sharing yeah. names is like it gives us joy to be able to say, Oh, you do you want to know about winning planners? Let me tell you about my favorites. Or you wanna know some great bands? Okay, here here's a few that we've seen that the dance floor is packed all night. The Well, because we know the joy of receiving a recommendation that's yes. based on nothing but the work you do. It has nothing to do with that you've paid someone that you've it's it's purely that you did a good job and someone enjoys you and what you do. So that joy of getting a, rec- a referral like that is just yes. it's the, the biggest compliment you can get in our industry. Yes. Yeah, so we love when we, we all do that for each other. Those are like some of the best vendors, if you ask me, that just want everyone around them to be successful because they have seen success with them and experienced it. The The, the one concern is that the people that they are recommending may not be the best for your wedding specifically. And so it's really, I think, important to take, not not to take those recommendations with as a great with a grain of salt, but is that how you say it as a grain as a yeah. grain of salt? With a grain of salt? With. With. Okay. Um, but know that just like in my previous um st- little story. The cake baker is not there for the whole thing. So they don't get to see the band playing. They don't know that, you know, but they may know that band because they, you know, know them through a great organization, you know, through networking and things like that. So they want to be able to recommend. Um, Some that they have. I mean, that that is a good a good point is that they might not see them on wedding day. But, you know, part of what we do is, you know, wedding showcases for other vendors. So they may have seen them. Yeah, well, they might not be there for the wedding night, but they saw them at a at a networking event and saw them perform. Didn't yes. just meet them. Yeah, they might have been showcasing. So sometimes they might have that knowledge. Yeah, 
and, so and it's, it's just important to ask, I think, yeah. you know, um, one, you know, relationships, I think a couple of vendors that are going to know everything about how things go on wedding days, planners, obviously, uh, photographers and videographers are there for the whole thing. So they see how hair and makeup goes during the beginning of the day. They're really the only people besides a plan- planner who knows what goes on during the getting ready time. So yeah. they're great for those kinds of referrals. Photographers and videographers are great at referring hair and makeup artists because they know who does a good job with like not giving you raccoon eyes after you've been dancing for an hour. They know who arrives on time. They know who keeps the most calm environment. They know who maybe gives the most festive environment if you're up for that during your getting ready portion of the day. And most importantly, they know who finishes on time (laughs) and doesn't run late. So you can definitely depend on your photographers and videographers for that. Photographers are also probably a great person to ask about catering because photographers are the hungriest people I've ever met in the world. So true. (laughs) Well, but you know what? They're on their feet. They they yep. they're so hungry, and they will know what the you know what the food situation is. If the if the caterer runs on time and they got the the vendor meals out to them in a timely manner, so the and you know how it tasted because there's nothing worse than being on your feet in for hours taking photos and then you get a you know a plate of spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm so glad that you brought that up because you're absolutely right. The only people that would have tasted your food besides you and your guests are um, the people who are there for the reception. So photographers, videographers, bands, and really that's it, right? Yeah. 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 Band DJ. Those are the only people that you that you can say, hey, have you just tasted their food? And they can be like, oh, yeah, so good. Or... Unfortunately, you know, um, you know, we know that things go well, but usually we have, you know, a, a sandwich. So it doesn't, I can't say what their actual yeah. culinary is like. Not too many people do that anymore. So most caterers are better about that. And that's, I will say this for, for the, the clients listening. It's always nice to, I mean, you, you should always be getting as part of your catering, I think a vendor meal for the, for the vendors working on site. Oh, yeah. But it's also always nice to give them something a little bit. I mean, I've always been in a great position of working where the, the caterers typically have always given me what the guests are eating, which mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, it's, that's usually the caterer who was making a very smart business decision and saying, let's feed the venue the best food we have. So they know what we're doing. Yes. And that's a, that's a, that's a business to business thing, not a, a client thing, but as a client, I always think it's good to at least get your your vendors a, a good hot meal. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing. You know, if you're feeding people filet mignon, you don't have to feed your vendors that. It's but you know, a hot meal is. But a, a nice hot meal with a protein and you know something that's that's decent because you you want your vendors happy and you want them to finish out the night and you know get those great photos and finish the music and and all the things that come at the end of the night. You want to keep people fueled and and good throughout the night, and not just eating a granola bar that they've had in their pocket for seven hours, <laughs> which is very. We've all done. We've all we've all been there. We've all yeah. been there. 
And yeah, just I know we're off track a little bit here, but I think it is such a good point. And I, I know it hasn't come up in one of the episodes yet. Most of the venue, most of the vendors and creative partners that are there during your reception have been there working at least three hours before you walked in the door there and will be there for at least two hours after everyone leaves. So if you have a four to five hour reception, you're adding on, let's say, five plus the three hours before, that's eight plus the two hours afterwards. That's 10 hours to go on a granola bar. Yeah. I mean, not not really good. Not really good. Yeah. So, yeah. I think... And, it, you know... Go ahead. And everyone will know you don't you don't operate at your best when you're when you're hungry. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Snickers commercial, and you don't want that crazy person in the Snickers commercial working your wedding. <laughs> I started handing out Snickers to people. Can I get you a Snickers? <laughs> 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 I feel like on wedding days, sometimes everyone wants to hand me a Snickers because I'm that person that's like always got the sense of urgency, Jordan. And I'm like, it's not that I get angry I, but i'm just like we need to get this done and it needs to get it done now but that's yeah you know i have like a sense of purpose the entire day so but that's how my weddings run on time you know it's just yeah i have to be that one person so everyone else can be relaxed and get things done appropriately that's i have great. a feeling i'm gonna and- have 50 snickers by the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> okay so I, I guess maybe we should talk about Searching online. Yeah, the the dangers and the positives of searching online. Yes, absolutely. I'll let you start us off. I'll dig right in with this. Well, and one thing, I mean, before searching online, I feel like you should always, if you're getting married in the same town or the same venue as, as, you know, you attended a wedding or you have a friend who got married, I feel like that's always the best place to start. Before you go online, go to, you. most people know someone who's been married in the last five years. So start with them and and see what their experiences were. Because I had weddings, um, a, a wedding recently where the bride attended a wedding about four months before her wedding. Mm-hmm. And she called her planner right after that wedding and was like, this, 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 and went wrong. I can't use this vendor anymore. And I want to make sure this doesn't happen. She had a whole list of things that went wrong at this wedding. Oh, that's and good. It, not only it changed her timeline, it yeah, but it changed her timeline. It changed, you know, she was hungry during this time and there was, you know, this person. Did, so it having that experience or just and being able to do that, if you're not in a wedding, you can still ask someone who recently got married in the last three years. I um, so agree years. with you, except for that. I think that you should do research on your own first and then reach out to your friends. And here's why. Okay. The reason that I say that is because your friend may have hired someone be- for a very specific reason that doesn't fit into your model, the model for your wedding. Fair enough. So yeah. maybe that band was really, really amazing that they saw at this wedding, let's say. Uh, that band might not fit into your venue. It's just as simple yeah. as that. Or they might be ten thousand dollars above what your your pricing is so i kind of feel like before you go to your friends for recommendations do some research to kind of get an idea first have like a nice long list 
And then if you recall, and but maybe put those people on the list, you know, to, to consider, but if they're, if you start with a more broad list, it will help when you're like, once you've like, okay, let's say I've got these eight photographers that I liked online, that I liked the style of the work. And then I realize, oh, I think, I think some of my friends, um, might have worked with a couple of these photographers or maybe you even met them because you were in the wedding, you know, then reach out to those friends. And that's yeah. the only reason because this happens quite often on my end where they're saying my friend used so-and-so and I really want to use them. I really, and then I have to say, I don't want to disappoint you. But unfortunately it sounds like your friend, maybe that was a higher priority to have that, for, you know, a priority maybe a photography was a higher priority your friend what you probably didn't know is that they're a film photographer and they cost twenty thousand dollars more than what we have in your spending plan you know so then there's that yeah that little bit of disappointment so yeah that makes sense yeah so i i'm not saying it's your way or the highway on that one i'm just saying that i kind of no i i like your perspective and i think that's it's not something I thought of. And you and honestly, you would know better than I would. So, yeah, but, hey, you know, you, I, you're at the same time, though, there are definitely I have had clients who have done like so much great research um, and found people online that were wonderful. It's just. And I've had clients who've come back with friend or photographers and videographers or any, anybody, uh, cake bakers that they did have a great success with through their friends. And sometimes it does work out. I'm just saying that. Yeah. I think it's a little easier and maybe easier on your heart. (laughs) Just start with, you know, kind of narrowing down first before reaching out to your friends for those recommendations. But you can trust your friends. You can, that's the one thing. They're going to tell you the truth about their brothers for sure. Yeah. They're also probably going to offer it before you even ask. (laughs) True. And 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 if it was a bad experience, they'll they'll offer it even quicker. Yep, exactly, exactly that. Which is which is good. It's helpful. I think Uh, so, especially if they were on your list and they were like, "Oh, let me tell you why I didn't hire that person." You know, because that could that could be the case too. So if, and I'm asking this because I don't know the answer. If 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 you were guiding someone to find their own vendors where where would someone look do you think it's it's um instagram pinterest google wedding wire not like where do you think someone would would be the best place to start such searching? a good question jordan <laughs> so i me personally if let's put let's put ourselves in the seats you and I are getting married to two different people. We, we're clearly both already married many years, but <laughs> let's say we're people that are engaged and it's time for us to start looking for vendors. Where I would go first is probably Instagram. And here's why. Instagram, I feel, gives the best curated images and okay. um, on like the feed, like the regular yeah. like scroll through thing. I think you can get to know your vendors best through the stories because I feel that's where people are like the most genuine and like you can just really get to know them as people. 
and as businesses, like how they conduct business and going in with that before even like maybe getting to talk to them just makes you more inclined to feel like this is someone that I feel like would be on my team. Like they, like I feel like I would want them around me or I want to do business with this company because this company seems like they have the same values I do or the same aesthetic, you know, that kind of thing. Their weddings, like when they're, they're shooting, when they're seeing behind the scenes on their Instagram stories, they're seeing how these weddings are actually going. And um, I also think that Instagram is great because it shows association. So let's say you're looking at um, your venue. Let's say you've chosen your venue. If you go onto Instagram, you can go right to that venue and look at their either their stories or what they've been tagged in. Um, do the hashtag on you know the weddings at you know weddings at what you call it place or whatever you know. So yeah, you can or see. even that button on the there's the button where you can see anything they've been tagged in. On oh the, yeah, the geotag button, right? Oh no 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 yeah oh, it's right. The, the, um, yeah, it's on the on the right side. It's the you know the the left side's the feed button, mm-hmm. and then I think it's you know depending on if it's stories and or not stories, uh, reels, reels, IGTV, and then I think the one all the way on the right side is the one not things they post, but things they've been tagged in. Yes, yes, and so that'll give you a lot of great insight into um, vendors who actually are working at places and are there regularly who may not be on the preferred vendor list. But then, you yes. know, you like, OK, I'm seeing their work here and I'm watching the stories and they seem really cool. And I like that, you know, what I'm seeing actually behind the scenes kind of matches what's curated in their um, their feeds. And I'm seeing that they you know, tend to work with all of these vendors that they're tagging in there. So first and foremost, I would go to Instagram first and foremost, always. OK, Um I think second, I think Pinterest is a great opportunity to find vendors that people don't use it for that reason. They go in there just looking for pretty pictures, I think, for design quite often. But if they were to look at those pictures for design and then do some research based on those pins on who actually collaborated to make that image happen, you're looking at the photographer who took this beautiful image. You're looking at this cake that was made by this baker that clearly this person is an artist and excels at what they do. And they know that they work at this venue now. So there's three things you're immediately able to pull right from that one little pin. So yeah, I do encourage people. And that can, um, from pins, I can also, pins and interest, um, interest, Instagram continue take you back to people's websites. So I, I think those are probably the two most important places that I would go or the first that I would go to or suggest to anyone who wasn't using a planner to go to first. So is, are there any pros or major cons about just searching wedding vendor plus your city on Google? Oh no, I think those are great too. Okay. I think in, in, and here's, it's going to open more room for um, finding the ones that really aren't on social media because they do exist. <laughs> There's still yeah. people who don't use Instagram and Facebook and, and Pinterest that are really great. I think bands and um, sometimes DJs are 
actually in floors. They're they're not always great about being you know on top of in, um, social media, and so doing those searches on Google, I think, is really really. I mean, and also Google gives yeah. you a lot more information than you think. Um, there's reviews on there. There's they can tell you how long they've been in business. Um, and then give you connections to like their website and all of that, you know, all that jazz. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Google's all actually a good place. And okay. I know the one, the places I haven't talked about are um, the paid spots, Wedding Wire, The Knot. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on those? Is that somewhere you would go? I don't, it's hard for me to, to think of it from a, from a non, you know, as, well, you have just to. A, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, I I feel like I always knew I was always aware of the knot even before I was in the industry. I feel like they had really good brand recognition. I feel like I think my sister might have been registered on it, you know, mm-hmm. back in two thousand three. Yeah. Um, so I I I know that they had good brand recognition. I I do. I don't know how updated people's profiles are on there. I think that. I think that clients are probably still leaving good reviews there for you to check out. I don't know if the vendors are actively updating their profiles as much as they used to, mm-hmm. because I feel like there is a, there is a move away from sites like that yeah. uh, where vendors are kind of taking control more and going on Instagram and, and doing the things that you're talking about more so than, you know, five or 10 years ago when the knot and wedding wire were the places, you know, that everyone was on. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, the Knot and Wedding Wire, I think, are great resources, especially for like things like finding wedding dresses. Um, just, uh, but for the most, and you, almost every business can be on there for free at some level. Um, but the ones that, that are going to pop up on the first page when you go on are paying to be there. What you're going to find is the majority of those are newer businesses does not mean that they're not good. There's a very good potential that, you know, or opportunity that they are great. It just, mean, you know, might mean that they haven't been in the industry long enough where they don't need to be paying to be on there. So, and I think you're right, Jordan, that they're not really, um, I don't think too many companies invest the time to keep them updated. I can tell you, I can't remember the last time I updated. Yeah. And and just like you said, you're not going to get to know the vendor through that. You're no. going to get to know them through other people's experiences, but not the way that you were talking about on Instagram, where you're going to see, you know, what they're putting up daily or weekly, right. you know, the behind the scenes, all that. And not all clients, and I know reviews mean a lot to a lot of people, um, not all clients leave reviews. And I think that's hard. I, I mean, because... You know, someone could be doing 20, 50, 75 weddings a year, depending on what part of the industry they're in. And maybe only one client gave a review. And it's not because those other weddings weren't great. They just, they didn't use the knot or wedding wire for any reason. I do think it's a a good place if you're really just starting out from the beginning and you want to do more than, if you want to save yourself a little bit more time than maybe Google. there's that you know that opportunity the knot and wedding wear but i think the knot and wedding wear are really great for like articles and um and like like i think like i said wedding dresses and things like that 
Um, yeah. I think articles are probably the best. Okay. Yeah. Um, another thing, are you okay if I switch off of this? Yeah, let's just chat. I, I, I did want to, I, I did want to say, cause we took, you touched on this a little bit, but going back to, um, and it, this isn't really lists, you know, it, it's, it's connected to the list, but I think it's really important to also make sure that your vendors do for a majority of them know each other and have some sort of a relationship <gasps> yes. because because if you go on Google and you just piecemeal together your vendor list and you have all these people who have never worked together, you might not see it, but there's a lack of communication going on between them because they don't know each other. They don't have that comfort level. And I feel like having a vendor team who's worked together, at least some of them, there is, they will have each other's backs for one. They will communicate more regularly. They will be more comfortable not only just sending an email, but sending a text and being like, hey, you know, I I left this behind. Do you happen to have one or I'm going to stop on my way? Whatever mm-hmm. it is that they need to do, there's such a better communication going on with people who have worked together, who know each other, who maybe go out for drinks once a month. Like there's just a different vibe. And as you as a, as a client might not realize it and you won't see it, but there will be a, a very big difference if you can compare a wedding with vendors who have never worked together to a vendors who work together all the time, because there's just a different, it's synergy. It's synergy and it's communication. It's so, it's all about building a rock star team, which yeah. I don't think, I, we haven't done an episode on that um, for this versus that, but I think I was on someone else's <laughs> podcast <laughs> with just, just exactly that, building a rock star team. Because it's, it's, so it's such a huge difference in not only the experience for your vendors and creative partners, but for you, it's going to all reflect on you guys, your guests, when that team is there, they're all in and they're all in for you and each other. So yeah. there's those weddings where we have teams that I love when my clients really trust me to build the teams that are best for their wedding. And when I say best for their wedding, they're in the price point that is appropriate for their wedding and their spending plan. Their chemistry with these businesses is going to be perfect. And also they're going to work with the vendors that are that I've already, you know, um, collected and curated for this wedding. Um, but they're specifically great for this wedding, for your wedding. And those weddings are always far more successful than the rest of them. Always, always, always. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, you know, having worked in outdoor venues in the state of Florida, when you, you know, the chance of rain on any given day in Florida is a lot higher than anywhere else. Yeah. You want to have a team who it might, you don't want someone who says, that's not my job. You want a team who, you know, they're like, we need to move this couch right now because it's going to get soaked. Yeah. We need to, you know, move the arch into rain plan and please everyone grab, you know, grab a piece of this 400 pound arch and let's, yes. <laughs> let's move it now. And that happens. And those are the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the bride and grooms and they're, they're off getting ready somewhere else when this stuff's happening, but they don't, you know, for things to go off on time, sometimes you need a whole village. Yeah. And it might not be, what they were brought on for, 
but everyone at the end of the day is brought in to execute this wedding. And, you know, your piece might be the cake, but if you're standing there when the skies open up and you can, you know, grab the, the gifts off the gift table to make sure they don't get soaked while you're delivering the cake. I mean, that's, you want those types of people who are going to just take the initiative to make sure the day is, is as perfect as possible. I'm so glad that you brought this up, Jordan, because it's, it's so true. So with all of the online research that you do, when you come up with those lists to reach out to those vendors and creative partners, again, I think it's a good thing to go ahead and ask, who are your favorite people to work with? You know, and they're going to tell you, we are, I love when, when, of course they're going to ask me because I'm a planner. That makes the most sense. But I mean, you said it too. And I know that I've heard this over and over again, that our vendors and creative partners love when the clients do ask them that they can give. And it really is. It's their favorite people. It should be their favorite people. It should be the people that they know make weddings successful for everyone involved. Yeah. Makes sense. And I, as a, when I was a caterer, um, in another lifetime, I, I, I didn't have a list, but what I did have was I had a tasting room and then I had a table right by the tasting room that had, you know, the standard piles of business cards. Sure. And after the tasting, I would go through and I would say, who haven't you booked yet? And we would go through and I would actually give specific, I mean, I wouldn't just say, grab a card. Everyone's great. Yeah. I would be like, who haven't you booked yet? You know, and it might be, you know, I might say, they might say, well, I don't have a florist. And I have three different florists and then mm-hmm. say, okay, what's, you know, what's your, what's your budget? What's your price point? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, a lot of the weddings because I was a smaller caterer didn't have planners. So there were a lot of times that sometimes I was the de facto planner, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. not, not planning, not, not doing what you do at all. Guidance. On any means. Yeah. Yeah. Guidance. You know, we were kind of the caterer sometimes is the biggest presence at a wedding because they, they have the, the largest team. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But it was nice to be able to go through and, and give those recommendations on who I'd worked with and who fit them. And I had that whole little table. And it, like I, I remember that being the most exciting part of a tasting for me was getting to recommend people. Um, and then, you know, hearing two or three days later when someone said, thanks so much for the recommendation. I just talked to, to you know, Doesn't it make you Bobby and so Susie. Good? Yeah. I, I just love that I Bobby and Susie. Like we have any couples named Bobby and Susie. So <laughs> I don't know where they I don't think I've whenever I come up whenever I come up with like fictitious names, it's always like, <laughs> from, like the fifties for some reason. I tend I tend to use um I think John and Jill I think is probably the ones I and and probably and, more accurate. You know what? And Mike always, and Sarah is probably like a realist couple, but yeah. But you know what name I do? We're so off topic here, but I'm just gonna say this: <laughs> the name that I always use when for someone who does something wrong or should not be involved. Aunt Sally. That's always what I go to for everything. <laughs> well, you know, Aunt Sally wanted to bake the cake. And Aunt Sally said she was going to, you know, I don't know why I go to it. It's kind of like Karen these days, you yeah. know, but I've always used Aunt Sally. So, well, you know, it's a, it's a character that you know well. You've yeah. probably met. Well, there's a know. lot of Aunt Sally's and a lot yes. of Uncle Bucks. A lot of Uncle Bucks. <laughs> so, anyway. Anything else you think we should hit on, Jordan, about vendor lists? I don't think I think the biggest takeaway is transparency and asking questions mm-hmm. and not being afraid to ask questions. Yeah. I think you need to just really ask why these people are on the list. 
how they got on the list and 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 know just as much information as possible yeah. when you're when you're being handed a list and and to not be near don't restrict yourself to just that list unless it's a requirement correct yeah that i i th- yeah. i think that's always a good thing um to do that from a planner's perspective i'm just going to pipe in here on that when we give lists and the, this can be very different for, you know, especially for coordinators who are like, they really come in at the end, but, you know, they've been hired in the beginning. It could be that um, they do give a list in the beginning and say, okay, we're going to be your coordinators, but here's a list of people that we would recommend and prefer that you use. So that, that might be the case. Um, But know that planners and quarters for the most part are going to give you the people that really are specifically the best for your weddings. If you don't have um, one of us to call on, then yes, re- like get your vendor list from the venue if they offer that opportunity. But do reach outside of that. Do some of your own research online. And I find, I think that most people already are. Um, but I, I just, and you, you shouldn't like disca- disregard, is that the right word? Disregard the vendors, yeah. the venues list. Yeah, that's the right yeah. word, right? Um, but just take it with a grain of salt that it may or may not be best for your wedding, but may be best for that venue. But tip, but you can trust that anyone that's on there for the most part is on there for the right reasons. It's just like what you said, Jordan, it's a matter of asking. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I, I think you can, I think there's also, not to go on a whole number thing, but there's also, I think, specific categories that it's easier to say, the photographer doesn't really need to have worked here before. They can come scout it out and find the locations. Oh, yeah. They're, like, there are, there are people, but caterers, I feel like it's important oh, that they yes. know. Like, so I think that you, you also want to look at what job they're doing. A cake person. A cake person. The work they're doing is in their kitchen. Yeah. So, you know, as long as they're not four hours away or, I, I mean, uh, what was the story I heard about? Um, oh my, Her name just left my head. Uh, Sylvia Weinstock. Uh-huh. That, you know, like when she's like, I mean, these are different level weddings, but like flying her cake in. Oh, yeah. For like on a plane because of who she is. I mean, to me, I think you just want those. You want something close, but if someone's working in their own space and just dropping off at your wedding, it doesn't matter if they're on the list or not. If they're good at what they do and they're doing their job somewhere else Mm -hmm. and just bringing it to you, I think the list is a little less important as someone like a caterer or planner who really needs to know that space. Yes. Um, I'm going to give one exception to that, and that is with photographers and videographers in quite and because i do destinations majority of the time please know this um if you're planning a destination wedding and your friend or several friends use a photographer in town that you guys have all loved and you are so excited to have them just know that if you're getting married somewhere else they may not have the training or experience to photograph in that area Meaning that, and I only know that because I'm here where we have harsh, harsh white light. A 
photographer who's coming from, let's say, Montana may not have ever experienced that before. L.A., you think when you think of L.A., you think of, oh, it's all sunshiny. Yeah, but the light there is so incredibly different. And I know this because it's happened more times than I can count where someone brought a photographer in. And even though I had a phone call with them and said, please be prepared. The lighting here is significantly different from just about everywhere else in the world. Like, I I need you to know this. They will still come and be like, okay, not sure what to do with this because it's so harsh. So those are questions that you want to have in the beginning with these people that are like, you know, are great at what they do. I am not saying they're not great. They could be incredibly talented, but depending on where you're having your wedding and maybe where all your friends' weddings were, it may be too big of a difference um, for that to be a, a great, you know, recommendation for that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's like one of the sense. very few exceptions to that rule. Yeah. Well, even um, like at the museum I was at, where we did indoor photography in the galleries, there's specific foot, uh, you know, there's no flash because oh. you know, there's, Ooh. there's, yeah. Know, paint yeah paintings that are you know hundreds and hundreds of years old and they can't you know the light exposure it you know That's having right. that constant so so not and you know we would have photographers who would come and be like i'm not prepared to not use a flash and be like you know well you know we we make it clear that you can't use flashes in the galleries and if they're not prepared and those you know the clients paying big bucks to be at in the art gallery mm-hmm. but you can't get photos in there it's yeah so you know, and that's so definitely. Again, I said in the beginning, I would contra- contradict myself multiple times. I mean, but the, the, I don't think you're contradicting there's no, there's, yourself. You're laying out yeah. what actually can happen. So yeah, so there is no no right answer. But I mean, the list is there for a reason. But trust and verify. Yeah, I think that's what I think everyone should take away from this. That yeah. lists are great, but go beyond the list. And, you know, starting online with research, I think, is such a fabulous way to go. And then when you when when and you this I can say for sure, when you see someone's name over and over and over again, almost and then people are mentioning those names over and over and over again, you best believe there's a good reason for that. You know, it's when they just pop up and there's like nowhere else to be found. There's no associations there. There's probably a reason for that. So, yeah. So I think research in general is just the way to go. Yep. All right. I Jordan, agree. thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. You, you, We talked about this for over an hour. I know. <laughs> I. Who knew that you know, vendor lists were this extensive of, an, of, of a thought and discussion? I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure there's uh, there's probably 10 other tangents I could go off on that are related. But absolutely. You know, we'll that, do, you know, we'll save that for vend- season four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, picking your vendors versus, you know, going with a someone who's a does eight different jobs in one company, you know, a, a one stop shop. That's a whole oh. it's, it's connected, but a whole different topic as well. That might be a really good topic for season four. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate you. This took the time to to lay all this out for us. Of course. All right. My pleasure. Okay. Talk soon. All right. I'm so glad to be able to share my wedding experiences and expertise with you and that my co-hosts are so giving of theirs. 
We truly do want you to have the best time at your wedding. And our hope is that this podcast is helping you to make your engagement time while planning your wedding that much easier. May I ask a favor of you if this is the case? Would you just take a moment to leave a review of this podcast on your listening platform? It helps people just like you to find the podcast and to also find out their answers so they can make decisions. I would also absolutely love for you to give this versus that podcast a shout out on your social media. You can find us at this versus that wedding podcast on Instagram. And if you would like me to help you with a specific question, a wedding decision, please, by all means, ask. Send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. And maybe, just maybe even have you as a wedding guest on a future episode. How fun. Here's to another great wedding.